What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. It's good to be with y'all today. My name is Harrison, Worship Arts Director at Lake Forest in Huntersville. Sitting across the table from Mike Moses, lead pastor, Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. Great to see, uh, be with you all today. Today's main subject, there was so much um, interest and enthusiasm from this past week's sermon on Acts 1-8 and our, our being witnesses of Christ, but empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when I told the origin story of uh, uh, my leading to lead us to emphasize the, the person, power, and presence of the Holy Spirit as a congregation in coming years, I told about three church visits internationally that, that God used to triangulate <laughs> this emphasis for me. Uh, in today's podcast, I want to do a little deeper dive that we have more time for on the podcast into some things that I saw and that are notable in those three churches that I think will be super interesting to our podcast listeners. I love you using the phrase origin story, by the way, because it sounds like a superhero kind of thing, <laughs> like like you got bit by a radioactive Bible <laughs> or something. <laughs> it stuck in my brain because that's what I called that God story in the sermon awesome. of the woman named Donna, and so I think it's, it's still in my head, origin I, story. I, I think it fully should just stay as that because that's awesome. Um, hey, first we wanted to share with you a couple of things that are happening here around Lake Forest Church. First of all, just 10 seconds on this, but those of you who listen to the podcast, Mike and I were just regarding with wonder that this is the 98th episode of these things that we've done. 98. That's pretty cool. We started off not even knowing if we were going to do three. and now Thank you for being on the trip with us, y'all. Yeah, it's cool hearing from you guys right now and again, get texts and emails from people who just say they're listening. So to those of you that listen, we appreciate it. We enjoy sitting down and doing these. There are some things happening on Sunday mornings and around the life of our church, though, that we are pretty excited about right now. We've been, we've been uh, to, to quote The Hobbit. I just watched the Lord of the Rings movies with my 10-year-old, now 11 for the first time. It was awesome. Uh, we've been there and back again in terms of COVID <laughs> stuff. We, I was listening randomly to an episode we did at, like, number four, and that was, like, the first day things shut down way back when. Okay. And we've, we've like here at our church and churches all across the world have gone in this huge journey of mm -hmm. we shut down. We started slowly trying to open back up. We're figuring out what it means to re-engage people in community. And it feels like to us here behind the scenes, those of us that are privileged and blessed to be a part of the staff of this church, they get to think about this stuff full time. We just have this sense that um, God is moving in people and bringing people back with kind of a hunger to connect and mm -hmm, engage mm -hmm. here at Lake Forest. And we're just like, sweet. We're just been, we've been doing the same stuff. Holy Spirit's like, Hey, I'm going to make some stuff happen. That's right. And we, we saw it uh, two Sundays ago in particular, there was a, I, I didn't run the number precisely somewhere between 20 and 30% bump up of people here in person, adults and children that Sunday from the Sunday before, um, and all Sundays before that. So already over the summer, we had seen a um, an unexpected rise in in-person attendance. And then all of a sudden there, toward the end of August, something approaching the 2019 normal. Um, I haven't seen how many people were here this past Sunday, two days ago. 
but it, it looked about that. We added more chairs back in <laughs> uh, as a result. Um, and then a, another really neat thing was, uh, so Harrison, uh, we heard from Kidtropolis, our staff and key leaders, that, hey, we're having more children come back now than we have heroes serving on Sundays. Would you put that out to the congregation? And we did that on August 14th in Galatians 6. Uh, ended with, hey, um, find opportunities to do good to others, especially those in the household of faith. And we talked about serving. And the, the I don't think we've ever had such a high quotient of response cards when we've said, hey, um, time for some new heroes to serve in Kidtropolis. There were just hmm. tons of cards um, that were filled out in particular by v- brand new people. Uh, names that our staff really didn't know, which was, again, our spidey sense. The Holy Spirit's brought a a number of newer people to Lake Forest in this season. And um, how beautiful that that those newer people said, yes, it's time for me to be present and accounted for and serve in my new church. That was just super encouraging. And then yesterday... Uh, no, I'm sorry. So this past Sunday, we talked about your one more person. That's our vision of our church. It's time to refresh that for mm-hmm. those of us who've been here forever <clears throat> and new people. That to be a ministry partner here is to know who your one more person is that you're preferring in friendship. Um, somebody's given up on church but not on God in some fashion. And the number of cards that were turned in were just beautiful. People really went with us there. So yesterday in staff meeting, Harrison, you had one more day off, but in staff meeting... Je- Pastor Jeff led us. He had a big bucket full of all the one more person cards. And at the end of staff meeting, we took 10 minutes and every staff grabbed a handful hmm. and was to walk around the campus praying for the names on there and then the Lake Forest person who would love on them. And I, I did a lap around our parking lot and hmm. prayed for, I, I'm not sure how many I had, but <laughs> awesome. it was a real privilege. And honestly, for each of them, I just prayed, Holy Spirit, would you gift this person with a nudge of faith and grace mm. and warm their heart? Uh, and would you, uh, that they would be receptive as a Lake Forest person loves them well in the name of Christ. Um, yeah. It's been really cool because we, in, in a lot of different ways, um, have been, I mean, as we, as we always do, but I feel like where we've been the past couple of years has really kind of re-upped this for us of, looking at as a staff as as a as a as people who lead ministry partners and partner with them we've kind of been <clears throat> really just asking the holy spirit to show up at our church and move mm-hmm. and whatever that mm-hmm. means and we're like wherever that takes us we'll go to but we're just asking you holy spirit to show up and and do some stuff and it's really cool when you get to see that happening in real time around and I, and I get to see that and you do as well, Mike, a lot on kind of a micro level on stage on Sundays. And we see people, um, experience and and engage with the Holy spirit, some for the first time, which is extra awesome. Some people who are just continuing this journey of growing each Sunday and figuring out more and more what that looks like. But I think on the entire church scale for us here at Lake Forest Huntersville, we've just, we've just been trying to not do too much, but to just say, Mm -hmm. Holy spirit, what do you, where are you steering us? We're going to listen and be open to it. And it's just, I don't know. It's been cool seeing some stuff start to slowly 
shift around here and when when you're attuned to it and when you're trying to look for it we did a series a number of years ago called glimpses of the kingdom there's just kind of this thing that happens uh where when you we prayed around here all the time i prayed on sunday mornings um just saying god we're here seeking knowing that you promise we'll find you we we knock knowing that you'll open the door and we've been doing that together for a long time and in ways that um, we don't have any control over, thankfully, uh, that's been happening. It's yeah. been super cool no, to we, see. We we run the sail up the mast, um, and and then to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. as Jesus called the Spirit, um, and, and then we go. That doesn't mean we're we don't have our hand on the rudder of our life at the same time, and we're collaborating with where the Holy Spirit's leading us as a church and individuals. It, doesn't mean we have to get all spooky mm-hmm. and weird. We'll continue to plan and strategize. Uh, we are Presbyterian, uh, whose favorite verse in the Bible is Paul saying to the Corinthian Christians, do everything decently and in order. Um, so we'll put all that together, uh, including this coming Sunday when we start our, our fall back-to-school sermon series called Unsubscribe. Looking forward to that mm-hmm. uh, th- um, this coming Sunday. But let's 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 turn a little bit, and I'd like to give some backstory to the three um, international church visits that the Lord gave me within a, a short space of time, uh, into 2018 and 2019, that that um, were so helpful to me, and I hope are helpful for our church. And I'd like to start by um, the 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 Church of Holy Trinity Brompton in London. Mm-hmm. is is related to a few um, churches like them in London, not denominationally, but in a, an emphasis in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And one of them is, uh, was pastored for decades, a, a related church nearby by R.T. Kendall. He was the pastor of Westminster Chapel in London, England, for, uh, for 25 years. And um, he's written one of the most well-received books by a Reformed uh, leaning Christian, which is what we are in our theology on the Holy Spirit called Holy Fire, a balanced biblical look at the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And here's just a statement that I'll, I'll give uh, from one of his footnotes. Um, a new vanguard of young leaders is just now beginning to live and lead in the light of this timeless fact. Jesus, unchanging, never-ceasing works of power, love, and ministry to and through his people today are available when and where the Holy Spirit is welcomed and unrestricted Mm -hmm. in the life of believers and the worship and ministry of congregations. I think that's what we want, is is all of Jesus' works of power, love, and ministry to his people and through his people to be available when the Holy Spirit is welcomed and unrestricted. And... um, Partly, I almost corrected you earlier, Harrison. You said God is moving in some people in our church, and I wanted to correct you because I correct part of my self correction Sunday. I didn't say this as clearly in the second service. Is just giving credit where credit is due. It's not some brand new experience of God necessarily. It's that the ways that we do experience God's comfort and presence, or power, or answers to prayer, or recalling scripture to mind when we need it that's the holy spirit Mm -hmm. the the bible's just clear the holy spirit um activates and gives us and is the 
the interactive source of all of the benefits of being a child of God in our lives. That's all the action of the Holy Spirit. I just fail to give the Spirit credit uh, for it. And, and that's really just one of the simple language-driven changes we're making, which will lead our eyes to be more open when we're reading Scripture of what does come to us through the Holy Spirit and what should I be, as you referred to earlier, seeking, asking, knocking uh, for uh, all that the Lord offers to me. And, and um, I've done that a lot in my life and received it a lot, and I'm just going to be more open. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I is this the... Was this the church that you visited, Mike, that was set like in a kind of old style Stone building, cathedral. but but like, oh like gosh. lit up real neat, like yeah. a modern church service. And anyone who's ever, who's heard me talk about this ever before, it's like when we were, when we first bought this land on Gilead Road, I was like, is there any way we can build a stone cathedral yeah. and do exactly what we do in there? And of course that answer is no. Um, unless Michael Jordan went to our church <laughs> and tithed, um, yeah. Michael. Love to have you. Come on, man. Uh, love Come to on. have you. We'll do a stone cathedral up in the back of the parking lot. That we'll do that with our last few acres. That would be great. Um, that'd be so. So I was like pre-programmed to just fall out in worship. That's Holy Trinity Brompton in a section of London. Hmm. Um, they now have many, many campuses and church plants. They're they're the epicenter of vibrancy. Uh, whatever vibrancy there is in the Church of England, which we know as the Anglican or the Episcopal Church here. Um, uh, yeah, and the worship style was exactly, they did two songs that we do. Mm-hmm. The The teaching of God's Word was accessible and in the vernacular and very life application-oriented like us. Um, and, and nobody was falling out of their chair being slain in the Spirit. Yep. Um, so here's a bit of that origin story, because that was the first one of the three. Uh, I was finishing sabbatical, and Angie and I spent our first time ever in London, and that was going, I knew would be one of my highlights. And they have a coffee shop uh, like we do. It's as a bookstore, unlike us. Hmm. Um, and their coffee shop is open at various times during the week. Um, but an interesting, so I said that their emphasis has been for decades on the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit and his ministry in the life of the church. Just Again, at the end of every sermon, um, uh, that longtime founding pastor just says, hey, talk to the Holy... And he's he's real smiley about it Hmm. with his eyes open. Hey, talk to the Holy Spirit um, about this. Again, it's just... There's nothing... There's no secret to that. It's inviting people to actually do, not just like, that was great that the pastor just broke all that down. I feel good. I'm going to try to apply it. It's open yourself to the interaction with the very power and presence of God of promise to us in Scripture and claim that right now. Hmm. Intera- and, and then if you can take that as something ongoing out of the worship service. But here's here's a fact about them. I mentioned briefly that they are the church that pioneered and authored something called the Alpha Course, which American churches started hearing about in the early 90s. It was begun in the 80s. It was a an outreach effort. Again, they're in London. People don't say, I'm spiritually hungry and curious. I should go to church. They yeah. say that and go to a New Age bookstore or something else mm-hmm. uh, or meditate in the park. So they started this for people to invite their friends to Wednesday night suppers 
at which the basics of the Christian faith would be examined. So it's a little bit apologetic, a little bit instructional, a little bit of the ability to kick the tires, sort of a pre-membership class, not fully a membership class. And it goes for a number of weeks, and you sit around a table, and there's food, and there's a bit of a video teaching by this pastor, Nicky. Nicky Gumbel is his name. Um, and, and then there's discussion. And that all sa- you like people have done things like that forever. But I delved into it. We've never done that at Lake Forest. I delved into it when I was going to visit the church and learned that the special sauce, Harrison, starting in the 80s, it finishes with either it's an all-Friday night event or it may be an overnight single retreat. And it's all about how to walk in the Holy Spirit, your life with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And that's when things change for people. The, the, and these are not, most groups are a lot of people who are not Christians, and they encounter God through the Holy Spirit. And that's what's at the heart of Holy Trinity Brompton. That Alpha course, um, many of you have heard of it, and churches you've gone to have imported it. It is credited uh, a... Um, I advise some doctoral students, and one of my doctoral students, uh, his dissertation he's working on has to do with evangelism in the church today. And I just recently read one of his chapters, uh, proofread it, and he cites that the Alpha Course is the is the primary movement of evangelism in the Western Church over the last three decades. Like, wow, tons of churches, hundreds of thousands of people. I don't know the numbers. In Westlake Forest, just piloted using the Alpha Course last spring, and uh, we're overdue to find out how that went, and uh, we're looking into it for our congregation. So Hmm. that's a deeper dive into that first of our church visits in London. To to get a tiny bit nerdy for just a moment, I had an opportunity, I don't even remember uh, when it was, four or five years ago, to uh, go help lead worship uh, in the Czech Republic for a group of European church oh, yeah. planners from all over, mm-hmm. from England, France, Spain, you know, Finland, Nor- like all kind of places, all, all the way up to the edge of Russia. <clears throat> and it was interesting talking to them and just kind of picking their brains a little bit. One of the guys with them was a full-on theologian, like as a job. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And, you know, the those of us who are from here, from the American church, were asking them, you know, what do you guys see? Some of them are Americans who are there as missionaries as well. And they said, well, what, what we see is that the church in Europe feels like it's 10 or 15 years ahead of the church in America in one aspect that we see a very post-Christian society here in Europe, which is uh, everyone, most people have some kind of baseline knowledge or understanding of at least what, not the correct version of it, right. but what they think Jesus is or what the right. God, like there, there's some level of familiarity with it and there's a dismissiveness to it to be like, that's not anything I'm really going to explore or be interested mm-hmm. in. And they told us that where they see the American church headed is, is about the same direction. We're just a little bit behind them where a lot of folks, um, because of our culture, because of our tradition, history in America, there are more and more people that, that the, the gospel or at least the basic elements of it, it's not going to be a surprise to them. Like what? I've never <laughs> encountered that. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard that before. So it's interesting following the lead of a European church in mm-hmm. that from, from folks that are kind of like doing ministry in, in what they think is 
a lot of what the landscape of what things are going to look like for us here in the near future in terms of how people are receptive to the gospel and how they approach it. I thought that was interesting. I I have heard and, and read uh, similar statements. That's helpful, Harrison. It, yes, and that is at precisely one of the reasons I wanted to see why is this church thriving in London, um, and Lord, would you do some of the same things through mm-hmm. us in reaching people with no Christian memory? Uh, in themselves and their family. The second church visit that I spoke about Sunday was in Shanghai, um, and it was, uh, you know, I don't know, a church of seven, 800, I think, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. um, of business people, uh, workers, and university students. China gives out a lot of college scholarships, by the way, I learned, uh, to students around the world. It's one of their ways of gaining cultural influence uh globally Hmm. and so um uh so something in that abundant grace international fellowship that church was glorious got to worship with them all weekend in their family camp which they held at a big hotel on the coast in a resort area um outside of shanghai and we loved uh, our time with that church uh and again they have a a great emphasis on the holy spirit in that church while not being a charismatic church Mm -hmm. um but one smaller detail, I did mention this in the worship service, but I'll return to it. I think one of the ways that they've allowed the Holy Spirit to be released among their congregation in their gatherings, and then that spills over to people's lives, is because the the worship teams are made up of mostly university students, some younger people from uh, global South countries. Hmm. It was about half African college students on the worship team and about half South Asians from um, two countries in particular. I forget which ones. And those are, in fact, the very areas where you all have heard me mention before, where there's this wave of uh, what what we're calling uh, church planning movements or disciple-making movements. There's this rapid um, uh, spread of the gospel. And... Mm. um, Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people come into faith in Christ, and they're very Holy Spirit oriented. Now, part of this Holy Spirit emphasis also has, to, uh, and we'll have to deal with this, Harrison, is also um, obedience to God's uh, word oriented. There's there there's some connection that we quench the Spirit when we walk in perpetual disobedience. Mm. Um, uh, it's one of those relationship factors with the Holy Spirit of you and I can be in relationship. The more I offend you, the more there's going to be distance in the relationship. The relationship Mm -hmm. won't end. It certainly won't end with the Holy Spirit. So, so there's that angle to it as well. But so these university students are coming from environments where they're very, it's very common to be comfortable walking in the Spirit and talking about your walk with God that way, and also r- radical immediate obedience mm-hmm. uh, when, when God's Word and the Spirit illuminates something. Um, so I, I believe that that had a, has something to do with the, the vibrancy and the Spirit-filled sense of the worship in that church, Abundant mm-hmm. Grace International. Um, Therefore, we're putting out a, a help wanted ad, a worship team wanted ad at the House of International Students at <laughs> be, at UNC Charlotte, Harrison. That'd be awesome. Can we do that? Let's do it. Okay. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's something really cool. You touched on it a couple times in both of these churches, the, the way that the 
the pastor in London would smile and invite people describing these students. And it's something I think we're definitely trying to learn from and do here in terms of taking something that is a mystical thing by definition. It's like a, it's a mystical experience Mm -hmm. and at least trying to not, not make it feel like it's something like crazy, scary, weird, super different. Like just, Treating it like, hey, this is a thing that happens, and it's it's pretty cool. It's and, all and over it's the available Bible. for you. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of disarming, and and there, there's a lot of um, approachability to that. Maybe for folks that haven't done it before, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And, and there are, I, I will say, I'm getting some responses to this being public about this emphasis of folks who've been in very charismatic environments, and and are, I. Um, <clears throat> Maybe having expectations that this is going to lead to some secret thing yeah. that only our church does or only charismatic churches do. And, and by the way, this book, Holy Fire, spends a number of chapters deconstructing a lot, a lot, a lot of the excesses, fleshly excesses, and even heretical excesses in much of the modern day Pentecostal movement. And that's a whole other thing uh, to talk about. But no, I like how you said that, Harrison. Um, the New Testament just talks about this as everyday relationship with God, but it's through the Holy Spirit. It's all that we are promised, all that is available to us is through the Holy Spirit, who is the, act, the personal presence. Uh, as Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because I will send the Helper hmm. uh, who will... Uh, <clears throat> lead you in all things. Um, so um, <clears throat> that leads me to the third church visit in Cairo, Egypt, and that was just before the COVID shutdown. Um, by the way, when I just said Bible, I said it really Southern. Bible? Bible. It's funny. I played. I got thrown in with golf uh, Sunday evening at Burkdale with a guy from, a man from Hickory and a man from Columbia. They were friends, and they were meeting halfway, and they, and they just picked that course. And about halfway through the round, one the guy from Hickory says, "You don't really have an accent. Where are you from?" And I looked at him, and then I realized he's from Hickory. Yeah. Um, and he he talks <laughs> like, you know, he's got a little. Uh, uh, and I, but it was funny. I said, <laughs> I said, well, I grew up in Greensboro, you know, but then I moved to Los Angeles for graduate school, and I realized really quickly. That if I didn't mo- learn how to moderate my southern accent, people would treat me like I was dumb as a rock. Um, that was really a thing, and so I, I said, I guess that's why I, for for you guys, I don't sound like I have much of an accent. I think your preaching would improve, by the way, if you did the thing where you at the end of every sentence, no matter what it is, you said, "Now I want you to have a relationship with the Lord," uh, and He called. You, think, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you do you the think. ah. All right. Ah, Maybe so that's a Holy Spirit secret. Just try it out this week. Yeah, that's all okay, I'm saying. Okay. I'll try it if you try it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the third church visit was in Cairo. Very different accents there. Yes. Um, and I've told you all before how moving it was in when I was in their worship service and experienced the first song of uh, uh, individual, original Arabic language worship of Jesus hmm. uh, in their own, was their own instrumentation. Their own, it was just beautiful. Um, let me, t- a little backstory on that. Number one, they are Presbyterian. Um, and um, in their theology and in their denomination, um, 
although a little bit like us, they're a little bit of the odd bird. They're very much the odd bird of Presbyterian churches in Cairo, which are very few, very small, very mm-hmm. traditional, and they're more like us. You know, when I say we're rock and roll Presbyterian, everybody kind of gets that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, they don't look at us too weirdly anymore in our denomination because we've been around a long time. Um, a backstory to the, their their emphasis on the Holy Spirit includes a an emphasis on fervency of prayer hmm. to the Holy Spirit <clears throat> and for revival and for their country to, for the gospel to break out in their country Egypt and in the Arabic speaking world they they this is their mission and their heart and passion and vision is to see the gospel spread in Arabic speaking uh, places and so they send missionaries all over um, and we're partnering with them in one of those endeavors but that seeking prayer includes extended prayer services Harrison which was challenging to me to not just think of that as oh you know that when I grew up they had Wednesday night prayer service mm-hmm. at my church and it was mo- it was 45 minutes of talking and 10 or 15 minutes of praying in, in circles and there, it wasn't it was faithful. Mm-hmm. It was very faithful. I, I, as you know, I, I, I had an eagerness for whatever the Lord has for me at a young age. So I, as a teenager, I went to that sometimes, mm-hmm. um, even though it was real, a bunch of really old people. And I enjoyed it. But it was faithful, not powerful. This Cairo church has various seasons when they, they will just sense God's called us to a season of prayer, and people can come pray. They can pray at night they can pray overnight they can come early before work uh and so mm. they'll just call for a season of that and there will be people who show up at five thirty in the morning and pray for two to three hours before going to work over lord reveal your will your next phase reveal what you're going to do they called their church to that season of prayer over new year's in um i'm gonna blank i should have researched this in uh, a year in the uh 2010s um, they they felt called to a season of prayer. They said, we're not sure what you're going to do, Lord. And they prayed, I, I'm not sure how many nights. In, they just had their sanctuary open. People flocked, hmm. and they prayed for hours on end, seeking the Lord. And, but, but around the theme of um, change our country, heal our land, make the gospel more accessible, bring people to your the knowledge of you lord hmm. and they prayed and do what it takes they prayed and prayed um it was later that spring that what we know as the arab spring started happening first in tunisia but it spread very quickly to egypt um they don't they won't say it this way so don't don't quote this if you ever hang out with the leadership of Qasr el Dabara church in cairo <laughs> but I heard them, they really believe, I think, that their prayer efforts, combined with whatever else the Lord was doing and mm-hmm. all of his providential plans, had something to do with releasing a, a stronghold in the Middle East through the Arab Spring. Hmm. Now, the Arab Spring has been has brought some new good things to some Middle Eastern countries and has had some terrific consequences as well. Um. In Egypt, however, it has led to an outpouring of the gospel and a growth of the church. And they really think that their fervency of prayer Mm. 
to, with the Holy Spirit, you know, whether it's that they were anticipating something and the Holy Spirit was preparing them, or whether they were also collaborating with the Holy Spirit in a new work here, um, right? That's the mystery of prayer. Um, and so I'm challenged by that, Harrison, as a pastor who is not particularly strong in seeking fervent prayer. I'm very strong talking to the Holy Spirit all day, in and out. Um, That's just how I do life. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not in myself and leading our church to be a place of fervent prayer, and I'm challenged by that. Mm. Well, I I think that I think it's been cool since you have visited those churches, Mike. I think it's been neat because it was around that time you coming back from your sabbatical that you really came back charged and excited and kind of got an opportunity to see firsthand like guys this is what's possible like this is yes this is what God's doing and I think some of those experiences for sure have shaped some of the ways that we've grown around here over the last couple of years so it's been it's been really neat to see but I'm uh like we said as we started this podcast I'm I'm just excited uh, I'm just excited for what's next and for what God is doing around here with with all that stuff in mind, personally. Let's close with one of Jesus' clear uh, teachings about the Holy Spirit. Nicodemus in John chapter 3 comes to Jesus at night going, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher. Who's He's a, a, a Jewish leader. He's a uh, member of the Jewish ruling council. So he comes at night secretly because he's interested. Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God. No one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And then Nicodemus asks his questions. How can that? How can somebody be born when they're already old? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. May we continue to live out uh, all that God's Word offers and promises us as people who've been born of the Spirit. May we live out uh, life in the Spirit together. Thank you.